Hi, this is Ibarian X, and this is not your usual episode of The Candid Frame. It was inspired by a conversation that I had with Jeffrey and Nikki of the Faded and Blurred website and podcast last week. We sat down and we had this pretty in-depth conversation with respect to photography, but what we wanted photography to do in our lives. And we were in very similar territory, and we found that the conversation was a really interesting one to have. It was one I think we each each of us needed to have, especially at that point in time. And we all agreed that it was a shame that it was only the three of us that was able to partake, partake and participate. So we had the idea of sitting down and revisiting the, the topic of the conversation and to share it with you. Now, it's it's a variety of different things. It's sort of a, a, a sharing in terms of where we are, where we are with, in terms of the choices that we've made, not only recently, but in, in, in the past, and how all those choices have impacted, you know, what we're doing in terms of our photography and what we want our lives to be. It's um, It's not exactly clear what the ultimate goal of it is. I think if you listen through to the very end, you'll see that we're still trying to to make sense of all this. But we do know that we want more from our lives and that photography has a big part in it. And that somehow we're both, all three of us and probably many of you, are searching for means of making that happen. So this is sort of an exploratory search. And hopefully you'll find it interesting. And if it's not your cup of tea, we'll be back to our normal schedule soon enough. But either way it goes, send me an email at thecandidframe at gmail.com and let me know what you think. And let's see what happens next. But for right now, just sit back and let's enjoy the conversation. Well, this is Ibadia Next from The Candid Frame. And I'm Jeffrey Sidoris from Faded and Blurred. And we're doing this conversation recording uh because as we had lunch uh last week and we sat down and we just had this interesting conversation in terms of what we wanted to do with our lives and with photography and uh it was such an interesting conversation that was way too short but you know we thought it was a good idea since we're both using this medium to communicate with the world that we might as well record it and share that conversation with you guys and see what sort of response we get from you. Um, it was a, a kind of conversation that I don't hear about very often. And uh, to sort of get started, what what it sort of evolved into is I was talking about that um, that at this point in my life, I wasn't so much looking at where I wanted to go in terms of my photographic career, uh, what I wanted to make in terms of the income and a reputation. And, and more, I was interested in, in trying to find ways that I can have more life experiences where I can not just travel and make pictures and meet interesting people, but to have a life that's just very satisfying, but have photography be the sort of the means and the device that allows me to do that. Um, and I think that was um, uh, something that really kind of, you know, piqued your interest, um, Jeff, and also uh, Nikki, who was there with us. But why don't you tell me what your response was to that and then we can see where we can go from f- go from there well i i was i mean it was a it was a shock that uh 
you know, you are are building this 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 brand associated with uh, the candid frame, but but didn't really aspire to be a photographer in the sense of of like a like a Joe McNally or or you know Jay Mizell or something. You you really talked about rather than than making a living as a photographer, using photography as as some sort of vehicle or some sort of anchor. Um, and it was kind of shocking because you, you talk about the, building a life experience and, and building relationships and building, you know, sort of everything but uh, making photographs. And I thought that was really interesting. And it, and it you know, it, it got me thinking about, you know, what are we doing as uh, whether you're a photographer or, you know, creative professional, um, is what you're doing feeding some sort of need or is it becoming almost just a routine trying to get you someplace that you haven't even really defined for yourself i think yeah i mean it, it came out of, as a result of of talking to two different groups of people one i'm talking to photographers who are making a living at photography and are spending only 10 percent of their time shooting and the other 90 percent out there hustling marketing selling servicing their clients and all that. And then you have another group of people who want to do that because they imagine that the bulk of their time is going to be spent practicing photography. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like both were, were talking about photography, but amazingly they were both speaking about the fact that their lives doesn't allow them to do what they really want to be doing. And I'm like, wow, as an amateur, you're thinking that being a professional is going to be able to provide you that. And as a professional, the reality is that it doesn't. So, right. uh, and all of a sudden it's like, well, there, so one is not necessarily the, the, the solution. So I was thinking, well, I do want to have more time to go out and, and photograph. And it wasn't so much the creation of the photographs or someone paying me to make those photographs as I want to have experiences. I want to have a life where I'm actually enjoying it. You know, where I'm doing exciting, thrilling things, things that are challenging me, things that are really kind of pushing my limits in terms of what I think about the world and what I think about myself. And so I was trying to think outside of the box in terms of what do I really want? And when I talk to a lot of amateurs, I think the they don't they don't see it, but what I see is that they're looking at their lives and they're going, you know, I have a job, I have work, it's not fulfilling, and I want more. Mm-hmm. And they think that photography is going to be the means to sort of do that. At least a professional career as a photographer is going to allow them to do that. And I was thinking, well, that's not necessarily the case, but I got the fact that what they want is they want to have a fulfilling life. And I started thinking, well, that's definitely what I want. Right. And since but I've, but it's, it's the perception of that, not necessarily the reality of what it takes to make that happen in, in terms of, of promoting the business and handling bookings and chasing clients down. And, and it's more than just, you know, jetting off to St. Lucia to, to shoot photographs. Yeah. Cause that's, that's exhausting. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's fantastic, but when you get there, it's, it's still work. Mm-hmm. You're still having to, you know, work out all the logistics, make sure your equipment is ready, you know, putting out any fires that may be happening at the at the last minute in order to ensure that, you know, whatever time you do have to shoot, you're able to create the images to satisfy the client. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain level of satisfaction that you get from being able to 
put all your experience and all your, your the people whose relationships you've built, the people you've built relationships with, and to be able to pull it off and have a that check come in the mail that, that confirms that you accomplished what you set out to do. But question I keep asking myself is that is that the only route? And I don't mm-hmm. and I and I'm not sure that it is. Um I have a friend um who just recently wrote me and he was talking about feeling very frustrated in terms of where he is with his photography because he's created a sort of a presence on a lot of the social networks like Flickr and, and Facebook and he has a following there but he felt like he wanted to be doing something more with his work and you know he didn't really define exactly what that was but I got I, I understood where he was coming from it was that sense of I'm at a place now and I feel like I could be doing something more with my photography but also with with my life and somehow he I felt he was comparing himself to what other people were doing and finding himself lacking and, and had this been building with him these feelings have they been has he been struggling with this for a while or is this something new um you know i I haven't talked to him he just sent me sort of a short email mm-hmm. but I kind of read into it my from my own experience and for me that that stuff happens all the time and the varying degrees you know sometimes it's very pronounced and other times it's 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 just a, a low hum in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote back to him and I told him that for me, that's usually a sign that I need to take some sort of risk that I need to go out and, and do something different than what I've been doing. Because part of that feeling has to do with being, being in a rut, um, in, in one form or, or another. Right. And I think not it's just pro- creatively, it can be any, any sort of rut person, personal, professional, uh, it doesn't have to be just that you're in a creative rut. Yeah, but I, I think they're tied in. You know mm-hmm. that the, mm-hmm. the creative rut is 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 a symptom of something else that's going on. That's going mm-hmm. that's going untreated. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So what is his solution? It, it, do, do, well, you haven't talked to him. Yeah, I just sent him an email back, just kind of sharing what I just shared with you. I don't know mm-hmm. what his solution is going to be. I know for me, I, I I recently decided to apply to go back and and go to grad school. Right. You know, something that I've been putting off for twenty years, and part of it was born of my frustration with the fact that I felt really limited um, by by my experience and the demands of my life right now, and I felt like I need to go back to school and sort of shake things up. And part mm-hmm. of my fear was my number one fear was taking, taking the GRE. Right. Um, that was one of the big reasons I always delayed, um, taking the test and applying because the math scared the crap out of me. Right. I, mean, right. I haven't, I haven't revisited that stuff in over 20 years. Now, how did you get to that point? How, what was it that, you know, there's, there's something missing and you can't quite put your finger on it. Cause I think a lot of people either have gone through it or are going through it for for you how did it get to be school as as a potential solution for that or a potential uh road well i've been thinking about it since since after uh, you know a year after i graduated college Mm -hmm. i took a year off and then 20 years later i'm going i should go to grad school (laughs) and i and three or four years ago i picked up a book about studying for the gre and i've been thinking about it constantly but for for a good part of my life i was working at a normal job and was like well i don't have the time to be able to take off for you know work because i've got a job here and i can't afford it i you know i had a whole whole bunch of excuses as to why i couldn't i couldn't do it 
Right. And then uh, even though I picked up the book three or four years ago, I didn't start start studying for it because of that fear. And then mm-hmm. th- about four weeks ago, I was like, I was just browsing the internet and I decided to check out the program at this particular school. And I saw that they had an orientation seminar uh, to talk about the program. I said, no, let me just take that next step. Not even think about applying or taking the test and let me just go to this meeting and find out about the program. Right. And then I go there and I find out a pro- about the program. It's interesting. I, I think I'd be a good fit in it. And then they tell me that the deadline for everything is three weeks. <laughs> and I was like, well, and I was just at a point where I'm not willing to delay it another year. Right. Um, let me go ahead and take the test, even though I only have two weeks to study for it. Let me get all the materials for the application and get all that stuff and put it in. Because even if I don't get in, I'll at least have taken the action to make something happen. Right, 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 right. And that for me would have was was an accomplishment because I wasn't able to do just that much footwork for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Okay, question. Now, when you're when you're going through your lists of this is why I shouldn't because I know I do this all the time at the at the time. I will seldom go on the other side of that and make lists or, or, or come up with reasons of why I should do something. I'm great at finding reasons why I shouldn't. I'm great mm-hmm. at talking myself out of taking action until after the fact when you're sitting there going, wow, I really should have done this or I really should have taken action on this. Were you able to, while you were going through some of these, see that you weren't uh, giving yourself reasons why you should do this? Or, or did you give yourself reasons and, and they just didn't overpower the reasons why you didn't? I didn't even think of reasons why I should. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a smart thing to sit down and write down why you should. Right. Um, I sort of had an innate feeling that I needed to do that, but I sort of sabotaged myself by giving me all these excuses why not to. Mm-hmm. And most of all that stuff was just led by by fear, fear of right. economic insecurity, fear of failure, fear of rejection. You know, th- those feelings um, became as real as the, the chair that I'm sitting in. Mm-hmm. So they became so palpable to, palpable to me that I decided, well, I'm not going to go out and even take that very first step. Right. And once I was willing to take the, that those steps, the fear was still there, but all of a sudden things started taking shape and the next step led to the next step. And, you know, all the actions and what was set out in front of me, I made it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't know what the outcome of all of that is as, as of the date of this recording, um, I realized that really it's, it's just as simple as what's the next step. Right. Just do the next step. Don't just stay in motion. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about the final outcome. If I was worried about the final outcome, I, I, I wouldn't have done it. And that's and that's usually the case. I, I can think about all these wonderful things that I want to do, but I fixate about not being able to control the final outcome, and then I don't I don't take the step. Yeah, me too. You know? And regardless too. of how much I I say I want something, um, if I'm not, not taking the action, there's a reason I'm not taking the action, and usually that has to do with with fear of some mm-hmm. sort or another. I mean, don't you think that's common with with many people? Is is your you're caught up in, well, if I do this, this could happen, or if I don't do this, this could happen, rather than sort of just doing the work and, and letting it evolve, letting, letting some sort of organic sort of outcome take over, rather than trying to control every little step of the way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I think I think that's why so many people want to do different things, but they never end up doing them mm. because they go, "Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens?" And it's like, "Well, what if it does?" Mm-hmm. You know, you, you people are usually figuring ways around things when they do happen. I mean, life happens to us whether you know whether we like it like it to or not. We're constantly thrown curveballs, and and you're having to adjust to it. Right. So we might as well do do those, you know, dodge all those balls, you know, in the pursuit of something that we really want. Because otherwise you're just dodging stuff, you know, dodging bullets and balls just for stuff that you really could give a, give a grip about. Right, right, right. See, I, I even, oftentimes I even take it a step further and I'm, I, I find myself afraid of failing, but then there's also this weird fear of succeeding, because then if if you if you succeed now you've got to reproduce now you've got to keep going now you've got to you know so then there's a there's a fear of of succeeding but then failing at maintaining the success but, but that goes back to the, the fear of you know the obsessing about the outcome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thinking about well okay if i take this action i may fail or i may succeed and i don't know what's going to happen right and, well, then I, the, and the point that I was getting point is like, it doesn't matter either way that it goes. I still need to take the action because, you know, my life this year is a direct result of all the choices I made last year. Right. And, right. And, and next year is not going to change unless I choose to do something different this year. Well, and, you know, like we were talking earlier, you, you said something at lunch that, that we've been talking about, you know, half a dozen times or so and and that is to to think about the life what the, what that life looks like that you want to have not not what you want to be doing but how your life feels what it looks like and and evaluating things from the standpoint of does this put me further away or closer to that picture and and knowing that that picture has to be open to change and, and tweaking and, and mm-hmm. sort of massaging. But uh, looking at things and going, do I need to be doing this? Is this putting me closer or further away? And I found that incredibly empowering, listening to that. And, and, and again, t- talking back and forth about it and thinking about it. And, and I've, I've made observations about things that I do that that don't put me closer to anything they're they're like the you know the mouse on the on the on the treadmill i mean i'm just i'm doing these motions but there's no appreciable outcome from it you know what i mean i got you yeah you know when when i think about the life that i'd like to have i just i look at moments that i've already had in my life i mean last night i went and spoke to a photo club in santa clarita and i was having dinner with uh, three other photographers who are members of, of the club. And we were just talking shop and I was having just a, a ball doing that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having, and being able to discuss not just photography, but like a, a lot along the lines of the conversation that we're having now. Mm-hmm. And then I have moments where I'm sitting at a table with, with Jay Mazel, you know, or someone like that. And we're talking about photography. We're talking about the things that we love. Mm-hmm. And I had moments where I've been in Death Valley, sitting in the desert, just as the sun is rising up, you know, and I'm there just with a tripod and a camera and going, wow, look at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And all of those things sort of encapsulate the feeling I had of going, oh, my God, look where I am right now. Look right. at what I'm doing. Right. 
And it's like, I want more moments like that. Right. I how do you string more of those together? Yeah. How do you yeah. make them more to the point that they're not rarities? Mm-hmm. I don't just have to count them on the palm, you know, on one hand during the course of the year where the rest of the year has been slaving in front of a computer. Right. You know, looking at other people's pictures, listening to other people's interviews. Right. Um, and I'm going, that's what I want. I want to have that visual experience. And if, and if a picture comes out of it that I'm happy with, that's, that's great. That's like the cherry on top. Right. Right. But that's really what I'm going for. Yeah. It could be that the experience of getting there was just fine too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just can't be that all the stuff, all the rest of the stuff is just drudge work. And the Mm -hmm. only, and the only really moment of joy is when I'm actually making the photograph. I think that's only part and parcel of it because if it was just the making of the photograph, I don't know if I'd be willing to go through all the work and the hardship just to get to that moment because it's so, it's so fleeting. It's satisfying, but it's, is, is it satisfying enough to, to, to be so few and far between though? And I think that's what you're finding is it's not those, yeah. those moments. They, they, they have to be populated. They have to be more, they have to be, like you said, not just, you know, once a month or, or, four or five, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, cause it's, there's so much joy to be had. I mean, I had a wonderful time just sitting around talking with these guys and then doing my presentation afterwards or just going out and just even just shooting by myself. I mean, I get to be present in my life in a way that, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And if photography for me is the means of being able to achieve that, not only in terms of shooting, not only in terms of teaching or, or writing all of these different things I'm doing. I feel like I need to sort of derive that satisfaction. I think, and I think I talked about with you last week was the idea of looking at the things that I'm doing that give me that. Right. And looking at the things that don't give me that and finding a way of cutting those things off and replacing them with something else. Right. Right. Because or jobbing them out or finding someone that that's, that's their moment. That's their fleeting moment is, is doing that thing that you don't like to do or aren't able to do or, you know, what may, what may be drudgery for you. Yeah. 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 I think it's exactly, that's exactly it. And it's kind of hard because I'm a one man operation, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to think about, you know, there's certain things, certain things I know I need to let go. And I already have a couple of ideas how, what those are. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like putting putting the seeds in the ground to find something that I can replace it with mm-hmm. so that I can let those things go that no longer serve my ultimate goal of having those great life experiences. Right, right. So, And I, like I said, and, and knowing that for someone else, those are great life experiences. There are people that live to do, uh, you know, the things that, that maybe you don't like to do or, or aren't you know, passionate about, um, you know, I, I don't particularly enjoy writing code. I'll, I'll do it if I have to. And, and, you know, we've done quite a bit of it for the site, but there are people out there that that's really what they love to do yeah. as, you know, as much as I love to be on the creative side. But, so, but you know, you, you're going through the same thing I'm going through. I mean, you, you've created Faded and Blurred, you're doing the podcast, you're leading the photo walks, you're going out there and, and shooting. And the life that you have now, which you created for yourself thus far, even though it doesn't completely satisfy you, is something that somebody else is looking at and going, man, I want that. 
Mm-hmm. But the only mm-hmm. reason you are where you are right now is as a result of all the choices that you made beforehand. Right. Even though you aren't, you don't feel like you're at that level yet. Right. That you want to be, you're so far ahead of the game than you probably were even 12 months ago. I think so. Yeah, I, I think even six months ago. Um, and I think that's uh, there's a there's a definite empowerment to letting go and reaching out. And uh, uh-huh, go ahead. But, but why were you able to do that? I mean, because this was this this isn't something that happened. You know, that's the big thing. That's what we're talking about. How how I don't know. I don't know. One one day it was it was different than the day before, and I don't I don't know what to attribute it to. But I don't even know if it was a conscious choice. To be honest with you, uh, we just you know decided that we wanted to do something different and. And we're passionate about it. And, you know, I, I really can't put my finger on it, to be honest with you. Did, were you worried about it not panning out? Were you worried about failure? Or were you passionate? Oh, I, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm still worried about it. <laughs> I mean, then, you know. The, but, you know, that often is enough to keep you from stop, even starting. Mm-hmm. So why wasn't that enough, that fear that was there, enough to stop you from, from doing it? I don't know. I think I think we we talked about it and and are passionate enough about the entire project that we said, you know what? We're going to do this again and we're going to put everything that we've got into it and we're going to make we're going to make this what we wanted it to be. You know, we're going to make the site, the community, whatever you want to call it, that we want to see. And you know, I've heard film directors talking about finally getting the chance to to make the movie that they wanted to see. And I think in, in a sense, that's what we're trying to do with, with this is we want to make this into the community that we want to see. And hopefully people will want to come along for the ride. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to gauge, but I think, I think that's, that's key that you're making your, 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 your website, your career, what you want it and need it to be, not what you think someone else thinks it should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the pitfall often becomes that you look at somebody else's career and someone's life and go, Oh, that's what I'm supposed to have, or that's what I want. And it may not perfectly fit me. Right. But I'm still going to say that's what I want. And that's just rife with a bunch of problems because I'm not that other person. Right. And if I try to sort of fit into that particular mold, I will inevitably encounter things that I not just don't know how to do, but I really don't want to do. And despite the fact that I say I want that, I won't take the actions to make it happen. And I just endlessly procrastinate and then beat myself up for procrastinating and make no, <laughs> and make no progress whatsoever. Uh, do you have a camera in my house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, – and I, I, I think there are thousands of people out there that do the exact same thing. So uh, what what is it that that, that – makes the change? What is it that, that finally, you know, I mean, I'll turn it back on you. What is it that finally made you go, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to fill out all of this paperwork that I may or may not uh, fill out correctly or be qualified for or whatever, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I think middle age has a lot to do with it. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. I'm, I've never been too fixated with with age, but I just looked at my life and I go, God, despite myself, look where I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Look where my life is with my without me really making a, a trying most of the time, and most of the time being filled with insecurity and fear and self doubt and practicing procrastination and going. Despite all of that, look at what ha- what's happened with my life. And if I put all that stuff aside and really went for it, what could happen? Okay. And I was like, you know something? I'm I'm still breathing. I'm mm-hmm. still on my feet. I still have good things happening. Why don't I just put all put all that BS aside and really go for it? Because if if my life turned out half as decent as it has and I wasn't even trying, right? What could happen if I really put myself completely out there and really tried to stay as true to myself as possible? Mm-hmm. And that's where I was. And I was like, am I still willing to, to, to be a slave to those insecurities and those fears? And I was like, nah, let me, let me try something different. And, you know, those feelings are still there. They, they don't go anywhere. Sure. You know, they're like that, you know, that freaky ex-girlfriend that you know, <laughs> parked in front of the house with binoculars. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to, I mean, like you said, if, if this is my life at, at, 40%, 50%, maybe 60. Mm-hmm. What if I get up in the 90 plus range? Yeah. Because I see plenty of people who make those choices and you go, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. And the fact is they got out of bed and they made the choices and they did the work and then something happened, you know, and something happened. And, and I'm under no illusions that exactly what I'm hoping for will happen. I'm not expecting that if okay, I do A, B, and C, I will get this. Right. I see. I, I see it a lot with 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 the photo students. They go, okay, if I get this degree and I become a, an assistant for a photographer and I build a portfolio and I get editorial work, I will have this career. Right. And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> you <laughs> might, but more than likely, it's going to be something else. Right. But they have to be open for it, and they have to make sure that whatever choices they're making along the lines stays true to what their what their what their goals are otherwise they'll get waylaid to to something else and they'll find them to you know themselves taking baby pictures in a studio 20 years later right which is good if you love that kind of stuff right but but if you want to be a photojournalist or you know right you know because you get diverted by the fact oh i have money i have children you know that i have to, to to feed and educate and you know, they're, they're realities that that all of us face. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's kind of like, yeah, I have all those reasons why I can't do it, but I really want this. And you know something? I only go around this globe once. Right. And I, I got to try it because I don't want to be laying there in some hospital bed with a bunch of regret. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, I think that's a huge part of it, at least for me, is... I, I was in very similar spot. I mean, I, I still am. You know, I, I don't claim to be out of the dark yet. I mean, I, I, I definitely see uh, a work in progress, and and I see some movement and some change. But uh, there's still days where I'm I'm absolutely paralyzed mm-hmm. by what if this doesn't work out? What if? What if? What if? What if? Yeah. And at some point, you know, you, you just can't, you, you can't, you can't keep focusing on the what if, because if, if you're, if you're focused on the, the, you know, 
what if I do, like we said earlier, you never focus on, well, what if I don't? Yeah. What's, what's the cost if I don't do this? And it gets to the point where the cost of not doing it becomes too high. Mm-hmm. Where you just go, I don't want to keep paying. I, I can't pay that price. Right. Because at some point you can just give up completely and then just redefine your life you know, using other parameters and still lead a satisfying life. But you just go, you know, that part of my life is just not going to happen and just sort of resign to it. Right. Now, have you have you considered that? Have you have you ever been at that point where you go, you know what, I'm done. I'm I, it's going to be a hobby and, and that's it. I, I can't do this. Um. Oh man, that I got a CB ear. Do you hear him? No. Oh, I hear him. That son of a bitch. <laughs> there's it's, this guy. There's this guy that just has has a ham operator or CB ear, <laughs> and and I hear him, and I want to throttle him. You can hear him in your headphones, or you yes, can- I can. I, I hopefully in my headphones. Hopefully, he's not in my head. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't hear any. Okay, I hear him from here, so. I don't hear anything. Okay, hope I hope to God it's not in the recording. But you want to you want to pause for a sec and listen? No, he's going to be there, Mister One Hit Wonder or something like that. <laughs> I wish he could hear me because I had a few choice words. But let's just, just <laughs> let's just keep going. Um, is he one of those guys like the big antenna near your house or something? I don't know where he is. Um, that's obnoxious. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Can we just leave all of this in? Yeah, I'm I'm not taking it out. <laughs> uh the, the the question was um have you gotten to that point? Have you gotten or ever considered seriously? I mean obviously you haven't gotten to that point because you're still doing it, but have you ever seriously considered, you know what? I'm going to keep this thing as a hobby and I'm going to go I don't know, get a desk job or or get a factory job or you know whatever it is. I went I went all the way to the point of taking all my camera equipment and putting it in the closet and saying I was never going to use it again. And I think that my equipment was in the closet for anywhere between six months to a year. Really? Yeah. And I just said, screw it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do this, you know, and it's not going to happen. So instead of, you know, making myself miserable, I just put all the stuff away and I didn't pick a camera for that whole period of time. So it was, uh, and then one day I was like, what the hell am I doing? But yeah, I got to that point because I, I was, I think at the time I was ironically working at Nikon and I was talking to people about photography, helping them with their work. And I wasn't doing the kind of work that I really wanted to be doing. You know? huh. And here I was constantly catering to other people who were out there doing what I wanted to be doing. Now, what, can, you, can you make any sort of uh, observations about in terms of quality of life during that period, was it was it greater than, was it less than uh, before you had stashed all your gear? I think it was an issue of of, of comfort. You mm-hmm. know, I was making I was good making good money. I had an apartment. I just I think I just got married. Uh, yeah, I was already married, so I was I was all of a sudden I was being able to pay my bills, and all of a sudden the idea of shaking everything up was a big risk. Yeah, because like, well, where's the money going to come from to pay for all these things? Now I have somebody else that I have to consider now, right? You know, and all of a sudden I was kind of locked in. I mean, I didn't have any kids, but I can only imagine what it it would have been compounded even more if I had had children, right? But all of a sudden it was like, oh, I got all these responsibilities now, so I can't just get up and 
And at least I thought that I couldn't just go up and just make a life change and go back to school and, you know, and do everything that I need to do. Um, so what changed, man? I mean, wh- why pull the gear out then? If, 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 if now there's this, there's this security and comfort and you're at least on the periphery of the world of photography, what, how'd you get to the point then where you wanted to, to, to maybe take a chance on all of that going away and starting over again? Well, I, when I left Warner Publishing about four years ago, um, I was commuting from here to Pasadena to Westwood, which is about two and a half hours, mm-hmm. round trip every day, sometimes three hours. Mm-hmm. And basically, I I would spend each week a full working day on the freeway. Right. And I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Which is fun and, in Southern California. Uh, oh, yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> and my my father, he had some health issues, and so I wanted to be able to be around to be able to to help him mm-hmm. uh, more because there were some days that he needed to be able to get somewhere, and I just wanted to be able to be there because mm-hmm. at the time, you know, I didn't know how much longer he he was going to be around, and he's still around. His health is is has gotten better since then, but you know, I I felt like I want I want to be around for that. I want to have mm-hmm. the flexibility of that, so. I had enough money sort of saved over, and I felt like, uh, let me just do these things. And thankfully, I had an understanding wife who, you know, has a very stable, very stable income. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go freelance as a writer, as a photographer, as a teacher, and and survive. Not be, you know, the money wasn't falling, you know, falling from the heavens. Right, but I still was able to. We were able to to get by and still enjoy our lives and have vacations and stuff like that. And um, so it was, it, it was just that I wanted I wanted something more, and I knew that staying there wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be the way to get there. That the commute was only gonna get worse and worse and worse. Right, and I just didn't want to spend so much time on a freeway. Right. I felt that. I'd be driving and I'd be seeing the great light in the afternoon and going, I can't make pictures because I got to get home. I'm stuck in on the 405 or the 134, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to be sucked up into that. And then, ironically, I'm 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 not in a car, but now nowadays I'm in an office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I was suffering from the same same struggle. Right. How long after you you? Uh left Nikon. I'm sure there's, there's that period of, of regular paycheck to, you know, irregular paychecks. There's, there's that initial sort of, Oh, oh crap. What am I going to do? How yeah. long did that, did that last before you were finally well, like, actually, okay, I can do this. Actually, I left the magazine because I went from Nikon to Werner publishing where oh, I was okay. the editor. Okay. So I was there. Um, and that's when I left to just go do stuff on my own. And, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of getting kind of comfortable with where I was, I think it's only been the last year. Really? Yeah. I think with the, you know, with the release of, you know, the book with, and, and some other things I'm doing, I finally been able to get to the point where my income is, is more than it was at the, at the magazine. Huh? Uh, and it's been consistently so, which is, which is great. And now I'm hopeful that it's going to keep growing in, in, in the coming, in the coming year or two. Right, but um, it's been three years of just like plugging away because I didn't have any other choice. Right, and I would have moments where I'd go, "Man, that desk job sounds really good right now," but then I, then the checks would come in, come in, 
and then I go, oh no, no, I, I don't want to go back. I'm okay. To that. I'm okay. I'm, a, I'm okay. <laughs> but when yeah. you know when that when you're looking at the bank account and you're going, that check still hasn't gotten in the mail yet, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, when's when's it going to happen? And all that fear and insecurity comes up, and then when the check's there and it's deposited and the bills are paid, it's like, oh, I'm okay. I, right. I, I think I can last for another week or another month or. It's it's a discipline though, the 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 sort of freelance, you know that that life is a. It, it takes a while to kind of wrap your head around it and, and go, okay, this is all on me, and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the reality of that may, may, makes, makes the idea that, that some people who want to have that life don't necessarily have to take the path that I took mm-hmm. in order to achieve that. You know, because I know plenty of people who work at their noble nine-to-five jobs and are quite satisfied with them. But they use the money and the vacation time they accrue to create those opportunities for themselves to go out and do their photography right. without being burdened that they have to use the photography to make a living. Right. And I go, that for me has a, 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 is a, a valid choice. And I think Absolutely. And I think too many people disavow it because they, they don't think that it's good enough. Right. And I'm going, oh, hell yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. How, how can you be a professional if you're only shooting on the weekends? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, there are great photographers who just shoot on the weekends. Right. You know, or, or, or when they go to work, they always have a camera with them and they're squeezing in their shooting time during their lunch breaks, mm-hmm. you know, or right before they go to work. Um, there's something to be said with not having to worry about your health insurance and all this other stuff because you have a, a good job. I think it's when you start looking at that job and thinking, well, I could be having this and because this isn't that, um, it's bad. Right. I mean, there are some miserable, miserable jobs out there, but I think if that job is helping to serve your passion, then maybe you don't necessarily have to give it up. That maybe right. the idea of going professional and doing it full time isn't going to give you more of what you want. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I, I think that is is absolutely you know one hundred percent true, and it and it goes back to what we were saying about about seeing this picture of a life, and and if working at a different job other than photography or painting or, you know, whatever your, your creative passion is, is providing the means for you to focus on your creative passion, even if it's at night or weekends or mornings or whatever, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And, and that should be okay. I would hope so. I mean, I mean, I know for a large part of my life, I wasn't okay with that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't okay with that, even though I was having, I had, I had work in the photography industry and I still wasn't satisfied. Mm-hmm. I was working at Nikon and had access to all this equipment that people dream about. There was anything I had, I could have access to mm-hmm. 400 millimeter lenses, 600 millimeter, millimeter lenses, the most right. expensive pro camera, anything. And yet there I was feeling frustrated because I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. And the same thing was happening at the magazine. Yes, I have access to all these wonderful things and all these wonderful opportunities, but I still wasn't satisfied because I was comparing where I was to where I thought I needed to be and where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't taking any action to make that stuff happen. I was just lamenting it. I was just there with my violin, bemoaning, <laughs> bemoaning you know, my life or what it could have been, right. what greatness I could have achieved. And, right. And, and 
if if that sort of feeling doesn't inspire you to take some sort of positive action to make some change, it's a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of life. Well, at some point, it, it, it's we get sold this this sort of bill of goods that that if we're not on the top of the pile, that anywhere in between the top and the bottom is crap. Mm-hmm. And and I I mean I I still struggle with that. You know if if and I and I've talked to people that well if if I can't be McNally why bother or if I you know if I can't be Picasso or Pollock then why bother? Well. There's a big gray area between where those people are and simply choosing not to pursue your dream or your passion. And I don't know. I mean, for me, the not not pursuing it has become more painful than existing somewhere in that gray area and at least having that passion in my life. Yeah. And I guarantee you that McNally is not completely satisfied. Pollock sure as hell wasn't ever completely satisfied. No, no he was miserable. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's part and parcel of it. You're always going to be less than satisfied, even when everyone is looking at you and going, wow, you've, you're living the life. You're living the dream. And you're still going to go, yeah, this is nice, but what's next? Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But when it becomes poison is, not, is when you're not moving forward. Mm-hmm. When you're not moving forward, and for me, it's like I need to be moving forward. You know, I don't know how much time I have left on this earth. I may have 20 years. I may have 50 years ahead of me. But it's like you know, me waiting for stuff to happen, right? And it not happening, and being frustrated. And eh, no, I, 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 I think I've had enough of that. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of fear having such a, such a grip around my neck. Mm-hmm. And I get to see that, you know, when I take that action, stuff happens. Stuff happens. This show is a result of me not thinking about what could happen, bad or ill. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, let me just, just do it. And it is what it is now. And I hear from people all the time who really benefit from the existence of the show. Um, I I never could have anticipated the, the response I, I, I've gotten to it. It's become something much bigger than me. Um, much bigger than I ever intended it to be in terms of its impact on people's lives. But it's a direct result of me just sitting my ass on the, on the, on the desk and going, okay, how do I figure this out and make it happen? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of see that that's going to be the case with anything else that I choose to do. Yeah. I, I would completely agree with you. I mean, our, you know, our show is still very much in its infancy, but I enjoy it. I enjoy so much this what we're doing right now. I, I love this part of it. And if people can, can resonate with it and hear something and go, yep, I like that. Or nope, you're crazy. I don't like that. Either way, if it provokes some sort of connection, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think some the, sort of, yeah. Yeah. And I think the dialogue we're happening is, is, is part of what I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. So I want to have more conversations like this. I want to create opportunities where I'm sitting with people, whether they're photographers, whether they're writers, whether they're painters, whatever, who want to make more about their lives. And I want to sit down and be able to say, okay, we all feel this way, right? Mm-hmm. We all want this, right? And let's share it. Let's share our work. Let's talk about about it. Let's see how we can make help each other make, make that stuff happen. Because this kind of stuff is, it oftentimes doesn't happen in isolation. 
oftentimes it's, it happens as, as a result of community. Putting it out there and saying, hey, I want everybody to know that this is what I want. This right. is what I'm going for. And that the, the act of sort of announcing it and declaring it is oftentimes uh, as big an action as any other step that you can take. Yeah. Well, and, and you're, you're putting yourself in a position of, of collaboration in the sense that here's what I want my life to look like. How can what I do or, or who I am or what I bring to the table help you define your picture and get you to where your life wants you to, you know, looks like what you want it to look like? Yeah. I mean, us doing this and, being, and putting it out there mm-hmm. is, is a step. I you hope know? so. Because part of me is going, you know, I could look really foolish if I'm in the same place three or four years from now. Mm-hmm. Here I am declaring that I want something different from my life, that I want my life to take shape in a much different way than it has for the last 46 years. And I'm letting the entire world know mm-hmm. that I go, yeah, but that's part of it. I want to have this dialogue. I, I know there are other people listening to this and going, oh, this is a bunch of BS. Why don't you talk about shitter speeds and F-stops for God's sake? <laughs> and there are other people that are going, oh, I get this. See, I'm only going to tell a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that kind of pressure, man. <laughs> but I think one of the things we talked about is like, uh, you know, we're, we're part of the reason we're, we're, we're letting you guys listen to all this is because we want to be able to sort of create that community for ourselves and talking about how ways of being able to do workshops or trainings and stuff. And I said, you know, I'm not interested in really doing that. I'm interested in teaching things, people what I know about photography, but I'm much more interested in creating more like of a salon Mm -hmm. where people have the opportunity to sit down, share work, go out and shoot, but have it, but have a dialogue. Yeah about what they want from their photography and, and what they want from their lives. And that's, I'm, I'm putting out there with you, Jeff, is that that's what I want to help create. And right now, I don't know how the, what it looks like yeah. or where it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but that's something I want to happen. Yeah. And I don't, um, I don't think that at this stage of the game, we need to, you know, we talked about, about, the idea of, I, I said, what did I say? I, I said something to the effect of, I, I want people to, to hear this and be involved in this from day one. And you said, no, 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 day zero. Mm-hmm. Day zero. From, from putting this out there to, to letting it take shape and understanding that it, that it may take some twists and turns before it gets to that shape that it wants to be or that we want it to be or, or that it ultimately just happens to be. Um, and I think that's very important is, is to say, look, this is a collaborative effort. Um, you know, in talking to Corwin Hebert, he was saying that, that, you know, collaboration has to start at the beginning. If it doesn't, you're just asking for a favor. Mm. And I love that. I thought well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. You know, if everybody's got a stake in it from the beginning, then everybody's going to put their energy into it to see that it becomes something. It doesn't have to even become successful and define it that way. It just has to become, and people have to have uh, uh, a part of it or have to yeah. become a part of it. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think I that's what we're doing here is, is saying we want this to become something. Don't know quite what it is yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we want people involved that are willing to take this step to help make that happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and and just be open to the adventure of making something something happen. Because mm-hmm. I know me and you are not the only ones who are feeling this way. And no. This is sort of an open invitation to anybody out there who might be listening to think about, okay, how can I make this life happen for myself? And then we're saying, well, we want to build the community that helps make that happen, not only for you, but also for myself. Mm-hmm. Whether that involves in-person salons or whether it involves, you know, the communities that are happening in our respective websites. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know, but I think it's like, I, you know, I know that me and Jeff are going to be doing stuff together. Yep. But um, everyone out there is welcome if they want if they want what we want as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but you got to let us know. Because yeah, it's it's about a dialogue. It's about. Uh, chiming in and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm in. Mm -hmm. So how do they do that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's, that's where we are right now. Yeah. What's that's, that, that's exactly where we are. What's, what is the next step? Um, where, where does it go? Where does it go from here? And I, I think part of, part of the excitement for me in, in just, the short time that I've known you is, is talking about this. And, and like you said, putting it out there that have no idea what this is going to look like, um, know what it wants to feel like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but this is where you guys come in. How, how does this look to you? How does it feel to you? What do you think this, this, this should or could look like? And it's still about photography folks. I know we haven't t- talked about Nikon or Canon or Olympus or anything like that, but this is all about photography. Mm-hmm. And this is all about, you know, why you want to pick up the camera in the first place. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, we were talking about an hour. I don't know how many people have held on for the entire, <laughs> for the entire time. At, at least two. Uh, at least two. <laughs> I think my mom will listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious and I'm excited to see whether this, you know, resonates or, or whether we get the, well, you know, I don't get it, emails. What, what, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, I welcome those too. Yeah, you know, if they, absolutely. If, if, if people think that, you know, we're full of it and, you know, we should just stick to doing what we've been doing. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll listen to that. Yeah. Um, just start something. Just, just say something, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because otherwise, I just feel like I've been talking into a brand new mic. And and, and how do you like your brand new mic? <laughs> I like my brand new mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, but I think the best thing we can do is just like, you know, send me an email. You can yep. email me at thecandidframe at gmail.com. Or you can post a message on uh, on Facebook on the the uh, Facebook page for The Candid Frame. But, you yeah, know, that's the best s- place to start. S- send me the email and, and you can tell them where they can reach you. Yeah, you can you can reach me at Jeffrey at FadedandBlurred dot com, um, or you know I, I think maybe to keep things centralized, why don't we just use uh, the candid frame? Uh, just I don't know. Would that be easier? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys do that? So just send me the emails and then I'll forward them to Jeffrey. Yeah, and and because we'll be talking quite a bit uh, in uh, in the future and trying to get this going. Yep. Thanks for putting up with us for an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I hope. You know, uh, again, I, like you, I, I I hope that there is just some dialogue, you know, and let let, let the chips fall. Uh, I just want to hear something, you know. All right, guys. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>